around the fire Playing games with my sweet She plays out marshmallow Gorsh, that's hard to beat Oh, how I desire to toast that hollow man But it keeps on going back to her hand Come on now, let's play some more, Connor We'll lick a Mickey bar to his friendly face and bite you through a smorgasbord of Lord's Morcana. Well, thanks for that wonderful song, Goofy. And welcome, everybody, to the inaugural episode of Smorcana. The number one world-rated Disney snack food Lorcana crossover podcast. We did it. We're number one. Already number one. Straight to the top. In all seriousness, we're really excited to be bringing y'all a fresh take, hopefully, on the wonderful world of Lorcana. My name's Brett. My name's Katie. We love Lorcana, and we're excited to talk about Lorcana on this podcast. We have uh, we have a, a varied history. I think a yes. couple of different angles, uh, different approaches to the game that we'll be hopefully sharing with y'all across our weekly episodes. And talking about snacks. And talking about snacks. See, everything will be viewed through the lens of snack food. That might sound strange, but we just really love Lorcana and snacks. And Disney snacks. And Disney snacks. And so... We think that there might be a Venn diagram of interests that uh, might attract a demographic cornucopia of Lorcana enjoyers. I would say that I come through to Lorcana from a card gaming background, where Katie... I come at Lorcana from a Disney background. We uh, are married, so that already combines the Venn diagram of cards and Disney. Brett's love for card games has rubbed off on me. And her love for Disney has definitely rubbed off on me. Of course, you always love board games and I always love Disney. It's just that those two passions have intensified in each other's company. Indeed. Why don't you talk a little bit about your, your history with Disney? I'd love to. My real last name is Katie Disney. (laughs) 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 Um, I... I'm a big Disney fan. I'm a big Disney nerd. I'm what some on the internet would call a Disney adult. A name that gets uh, some some harsh criticism by folks who don't get it. But it's I'm proud compliment. to be a Disney adult. Yeah. Yeah, I'm proud to be a Disney adult. You're proud to be a Disney adult. Absolutely I'm proud to be a Disney adult. Why not? We're adults. We enjoy Disney. I've done the college program twice. I did the college program uh, in Walt Disney World Resort in Florida, and I did it at Disneyland Resort in Anaheim. I love all things Disney. I know way too many things about Disney. We've played many card games together, and when Lorcana appeared in our laps on Christmas Day, uh, it it was like a dream come true. It was perfect. All the little Disney characters, being able to dive into how they were drawn for the cards, all that kind of jazz is just like... Exactly what we, what I liked a lot. And it was really cool to have a card game that I felt like I could really connect with. Let's talk about for a second, really quickly, like you're a little modest there. What did you do in, in Disney World? I'd love nothing more than to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> At Walt Disney World, I did uh, attractions. I worked in attractions and I worked at Rock and Roller Coaster. 
which was pretty baller. And you got to ride Rock and Roller Coaster all so the time. So many times, yeah. And you have some wild stories that maybe we'll get to share at some point. Maybe someday in the future. Yeah. Um, in Disneyland Resort in California, I also worked attractions. And I worked at a little ride called Autopia. Autopia is um, not as much of a blast <laughs> as Rock and Roller Coaster is, but still fun in its own little charming Car exhausty way. <laughs> You'll never has, have as many brain cells yeah. post Autopia. Yeah, for sure. I was also part of the opening crew for uh, Star Wars Launch Bay before The Force Awakens came out, which was cool. Um, I had The Force Awakens spoiled for me right in Launch Bay. Um, Tragic. Some people who got to, see it, uh, got to see it early. And Just a few hours makes all the difference, huh? And I didn't, you know, I found out what happened. I won't say it here. There might be some people who still haven't seen it. And I can't do that to anybody. <laughs> um, and then after I worked in Anaheim, I came back out here. We live in New England. And I worked at the Disney store back when those existed in a brick and mortar style. A broad uh, Disney experience. Yeah, I can't stop. Can't stop. Some would say I'm addicted. And I have a long card gaming history, starting with the Decipher Star Wars CCG back in the 90s, continuing on to their Lord of the Rings TCG, which was the first game that I played competitively all through high school. And eventually, the game I played most competitively was the Game of Thrones LCG, both first and second editions. And that led me to compete nationally. And, you know, I had some some good finishes in that game. It's a game that I still love. I love the complexity of that game. Um, I loved building as unique and successful decks as I possibly could. When, don't, don't be modest with how well you did with Game of Thrones, either. Yeah, so I, I had some, you know, some top top four, top 16 uh, continental finishes. Came really, really close to winning the melee at, at Gen Con. Yeah. Um, and it still haunts me to this day. That's of note. That's of note. <laughs> but anyway, you can see how hopefully we're going to be bringing a cross, uh, a, a cross section of card gaming knowledge, Lorcana knowledge, coming at it from both the, the Disney angle and from the strategic card gaming angle, even though you're a successful strategic card game player and I'm a lover of Disney. So hopefully uh, we're going to be filling in uh, a little bit of a niche with some folks who maybe are looking for a little casual podcast with some strategic insight, but also some cool Disney facts and some discussions about uh, Disney snacks. Disney snack facts. Yeah, Disney snack Lorcana facts. It's gonna be... It's all there. It's gonna be wild. Maybe someday we'll get to eat Disney snacks on this podcast. Oh, we'll be making knockoff versions of Disney snacks. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can share that with y'all. It'll be really mm-hmm, fun. Mm-hmm. We can brew decks and brew brews. Ooh. Wow. There it is. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. We can't wait. Should we dive in to I our think first we segment? Should, our very first segment. This is a, a little bit of a proof of concept. Let's get to it. Our first segment is called, What Cards Are We Snacking On? Brett, what card are you snacking on right now? What does that mean? Ooh, what does that mean? This is a little bit of a, of a proof of concept for the podcast right here. It's it's what, how can we talk about cards as if they're snack food? 
That Disney makes sense. Food. Disney snack food is bonus points for Disney snack food. So, I'll I'll dive right in here. What what card am I snacking on? From the we're gonna do first chapter, one from first chapter each, and one from Floodborne each. Yes. And this will be a little bit of a teaser, you know, as we get into the Inklands when we do some card review kind of thingies, we can go over more cards. But this will give you a taste of what's to come, so to speak. Um, so what am I snacking on? Uh, from the first chapter, mm-hmm. I'm going to call this card the Dole Whip. Oh, going with snack first. The Dole Whip of the first chapter. And what do I mean by that? I mean something that is that's universal. It's refreshing. It's multifaceted. There's a twist to it. And when I think of a card that is flavorful and delicious and that everybody loves Mm -hmm. and that will never go out of style and might be imitated but will never be able to reach those heights, perhaps I think of Rapunzel gifted with healing. You get the card draw and the healing all twisted up together. And to me, that card is, it's beautiful to look at, wonderful art. It is an auto-include in any Amber deck. Mm -hmm. There's no other card that approaches its power level. Uh, When I think of a Dull Whip card, and that lovely Amber color as well of a Dull Whip, (sighs) I think of Rapunzel. Well done. Thank you. Also, that Rapunzel that you're talking about, was in our first pack of Lorcana The cards. first pack we ever pulled on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day. <laughs> on Christmas Day, one booster pack was opened from a starter deck, and in that pack, we didn't know the rarities of anything. We had no idea what this card was or if it was good or whatever, was a cold foil Rapunzel. Crazy. We we've, can never get rid of it. We've also never opened a card as good as that. (laughs) It's been literally all downhill from the very first pack we ever opened. I mean, our second pack had a Maleficent dragon. I wouldn't say it's all been downhill, but it hasn't ever been as good as that. Right. Like we didn't we didn't keep getting like we didn't get like terrible cards. No, like well I mean we got a Maleficent in the next right. pack, which right. was pretty good. But it wasn't a full Rapunzel. <laughs> <laughs> and we've never still never pulled an enchanted, so know. you know, that would maybe eclipse it, but it's a it's a card that we can never get rid of now, is that mm-hmm. Rapunzel. So to me, the dole whip of the first chapter is indeed Rapunzel. How about you? What do you what you, what's your snacking on from the first chapter? Dang. I'm covering up my notes because we did not tell each other what these snacks are. Uh, yeah, I have no idea what you're going to say right now. Which my, is I know. Um, my snack from the first chapter is popcorn. Okay. Disney Parks popcorn. Disney Parks popcorn. When you're sitting at home and you're dreaming of going to Walt Disney World or Disneyland, you rarely think, boy, I can't wait to have that popcorn. But when you are there... You say to yourself, huh, I'll have some popcorn. And it's good. There's nothing wrong with the popcorn. It's very cute. Comes in a cute little container. You can reuse it a bunch of times. The container lasts forever. Not dissimilar to Pascal. Pascal's a little guy. When you use him in your deck, you're happy. (laughs) Just like when you have a piece of popcorn. You're happy. I'm not mad about it. I'm never like, ugh, that popcorn was nasty. Well, that was good popcorn. Am I going to write home about it? No. 
Is the container going to last forever? Yeah, just like Pascal. Excellent analysis right there. This is the kind of deep snack Lorcana crossover content I know that everybody's been craving. Craving. We're going to have so many food card puns and idioms. Yeah. All the time. And I, don't, I think it's just going to start coming naturally to yeah. us. I mean, we're already we're already talking about craving cards and yeah. craving Lorcana podcast content and craving popcorn all at once. Mm-hmm. Do they pipe in popcorn smell in Walt Disney World? No, they pipe in cookie smell. It smells like fresh baked cookies. Is that like a big candle? No, it's magic. There you have it, folks. From the inside, there is magic in Walt Disney World, magic cookie smell. So, you know, maybe we'll get some scratch and sniff Lorcana cards in the future. Could be good. We'd <laughs> like that. Maybe we'll make scratch and sniff Lorcana oh, cards. The very first giveaway on our channel will be scratch and sniff Lorcana cards. If, if Ravensburger ever does this, <laughs> then we're going to get to spoil it. This is timestamps that we came up with. Yeah, the idea. yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to at least. Let us be the people who get to tell the world about the yeah. very first Scratch and Sniff Lorcana cards. That might not be bad. Oh, I'd, I'd do it. But you, putting them all in a deck together, you wouldn't want to have, like... You'd get some unappetizing aromas, wouldn't you? You pop open that box and it's like... Yeah, you'd get, like, steak berry... Steak? <laughs> You're making the card smell like steak? <laughs> I'm just saying there are a lot of Disney cards that would probably smell, smell like, like steak. I don't know. I'm just saying that there are some characters out there who would probably <laughs> smell like steak. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Right? I know. You're not wrong. Who would smell like steak? The beast. There you go, folks. The, the legendary beast that smells like steak. He's pretty much steak. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Which brings like me cow. to the next set, <laughs> the turkey leg of the next set. Ooh. I don't know if I'm. You know what? I'm gonna do it off the cuff. Here, I'll, I'm gonna tell us what the what the turkey leg card of Rise of the Floodborne is. Okay. I haven't thought about this at all, but I'm gonna say that the turkey leg card of Rise of the Floodborne, a card that I'm uh, I've been pleasantly surprised with lately when we've been playing, is Floodborne Hercules. I mean, that is a turkey leg of a card. I mean, even his stats kind of look like a turkey leg, like a 3-6. Like, it starts with the little 3 and then balloons into the 6. And it's resist 2, you know, it's like bone hard. (laughs) (laughs) This is a family podcast. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It'll be bone hard. Yeah. That's a good one. Thanks. I mean, right right off the cuff. You've never had a turkey leg. No, I haven't. Can you tell me if that's at all accurate? I think it's... I mean, I think it's very accurate. I'm saying that because... I think you should have a turkey leg now, because I think that's so accurate, you might like it. And I'll feel like Hercules. Yeah. Can you give our our mm-hmm. listeners, our, our prospective listeners at this point, mm-hmm. any tips about turkey legs in Disney? Well, I can tell you something. My grandpa was convinced that there was a machine that turned the turkey legs into ham. I Anyways. Don't, I don't know how to respond to that. Wait, <laughs> there was a I? machine that would turn the turkey into ham. Now, this never existed. He was sure it existed. He may listen to this podcast, and he may say that me bringing this up is proof that it's true, but it's not true. But it tastes so much like ham because it's, like, really good cured turkey, and it's a little red that he was convinced it became ham. 
Now, when you say became ham, you're, you're saying that it was once turkey and then transformed into ham, or that they were shaping ham to look like turkey? Like, what was his actual belief? It's unclear, but I think he was thinking they transformed it into ham. I mean, if they can have magical cookie smells, then why not transform one food into another? Magic. That's Disney magic, and you heard it from the, from an insider there, folks, so it's... I'm going to assume it's true now that all the okay. turkey legs are ham. It might be. Hmm. Hope you don't have a ham allergy. Now, do you have a card from... What you've been snacking on from Rise of the Floodborne? You ready for this? I'm I'm so eager because I always know, you know, generally what mm. you're going to say. I mean, we're around each other all the time. So I and to have this, this secret that's going to be unveil, unveiled is really... Uh, exciting for me. This might be my favorite snack in all of Walt Disney World. It's the Mickey's Premium Bar. Hmm. Now, this does not mean this is my favorite card from Floodborne. There are a lot of really good cards. But this card, every time I see it, makes me happy, much like a Mickey's Premium Bar. When you go to Walt Disney World, you say, I would like to have one of those before I leave. You have to get one before you go home. At least I do. And every time, it's consistently amazing. You could say, power, beauty, Mickey's Premium. Which is why my Mickey's Premium bar is Hey Hey Persistent Presence. <laughs> because Mickey's Premium bars are persistently present. They're always there. And you want one. You're not going to leave without a Mickey's Premium. I'm You're not going to make a deck without Hey Hey Persistent Presence. You kidding me? What a guy. Now, there are a lot of ubiquitous snacks at Disney World. I mean, you could say popcorn is a ubiquitous snack, like the Mickey pretzels are a mm -hmm. ubiquitous snack. Mm -hmm. are the, is there some aspect of hey, hey, persistent presence that makes you think, like, that little dude is a Mickey's premium bar? Is it just that he's, like, super sweet? Well, it's more that he's majestic. Mm. He has an otherworldly quality about himself. He does have a majesty. That wingspan is absolutely... I mean, the plumage. Yeah, and there's nothing, in my opinion, more cleanly beautiful when it comes to Disney snacks than a Mickey's Premium. It's got that crisp vanilla, the crisp chocolate. Like They're just clean flavor profiles. Mm -hmm, it's just mm -hmm. good every time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can eat two, three... Right. Right? I mean, we, we've seen that happen. Yes. Might have done that. You know, had multiple Mickey's premium bars. And if that's not hey, hey, then I don't know what it, it is. It keeps coming back. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. So we have the Dole Whip of the first chapter, Rapunzel. This is official. You all can book this now. Mm -hmm. This is, uh, we, we've spoken, the number one yes. Disney Snack Lorcana crossover podcast. Rapunzel is the Dole Whip of the first chapter. Yeah. Pascal. Popcorn. Is the popcorn of the first chapter. Mm -hmm. Floodborne Hercules, the turkey leg of Rise of the Floodborne. Mm -hmm. Hey, hey, persistent presence. The Mickey's premium bar of Rise of the Floodborne. There you have it. That's the kind of hard-hitting analysis you'll be able to come to expect from us. That's what we're currently snacking on. Our first segment. Woo! Let's dive into our next segment, which is something that you like to call... Bet you didn't know about dis. 
Bet you didn't know about Diz. 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 Like D-I-S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But like Disney. So this is a segment where you're going to use your wonderful knowledge of Disney lore, your acumen, all things Disney, Mm -hmm. and tell us some things that maybe we didn't know as they might relate to Lorcana. And today you're telling us about... You told, just told me his name, Eric Goldberg? Yes. Okay. We're going to learn all about Eric Goldberg. What can yeah. you tell us about Eric Goldberg? I can tell you everything about Eric Goldberg. Uh, wow. He's amazing. Imagine if Doc from Snow White mm-hmm. came to life. I like to imagine Doc. Who doesn't? And was an animator who loved life and was also... Incredibly talented as an artist. So he's a jolly, super talented leader of men artist. Yeah, he's not really a leader of men, but yeah, he's amazing. A leader of he doesn't like actually dwarves. have dwarf. No, 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 no. No, okay. He does not. He doesn't live with any dwarf. Not that I know of. Okay. He might live with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Okay. Well, six other dwarves. So you don't know everything about Eric. That's the truth. <laughs> tell I us don't something know. you do know. <laughs> All right, I can tell you he still works for Disney. Okay. I can tell you. That he animated the genie from Aladdin. I can tell you that in addition to the genie from Aladdin, this man also animated Philoctetes from Hercules. Okay. I can tell you that this man also animated Lewis from Princess and the Frog, the alligator. So he specializes in hilarious sidekicks. Yeah, he also, if you start looking at all those characters, you notice... Like similarities in his animation styles, okay. which is a thing that you notice will continue going over. You'll notice when I bring up other animators, I'm like, they did this and this and this and this. You're like, oh, they all kind of look the same. That's they great. Style. So there's clearly they're allowed some kind of individual expression as they're yeah. creating these characters. That, of that their their own particular mode of work really shines through and, mm-hmm. and distinguishes them. Yeah, and he's more than just an animator. He also co-directed. A Disney film that's one of my favorites. Can you guess what it is? It's from that era. It's from the same era. From Aladdin through Princess and the Frog. From the 90s. It's one of your favorites. He co-directed it. Mm -hmm. Hmm. He co-directed it with Mike Gabriel. Mike Gabriel we'll talk about at a later date. He's Um, also cool. Emperor's New Groove? No. Pocahontas. Pocahontas. Okay. So I owe Eric Goldberg my life. He's amazing. He also, most recently, animated someone from Moana. This is a difficult one. I'm going to guess that it, uh, it's a hilarious sidekick character, so mm-hmm. it's going to be Maui? Or... You're very close. It's Maui, but which Maui? Oh. Oh, his tattoos? Uh-huh. He animated the tattoos. He did. Wow. He did. Very cool. A couple more things he animated. I know I'm just listing his resume, but that alone is so impressive. I'm going to get to how he ties into Lorcana, but really good guy. Okay. He did the animation on an attraction at Walt Disney World. Animation for an attraction? What? In Epcot. (laughs) Okay. Featuring one of your favorite characters. 
the Three Caballeros ride. Yes. Donald Duck. Yes. He did all of those little vignettes and things that are hilarious. Yes. One of the most underrated attractions in Disney World. Y'all, here's, even I can give you this tip. Go ahead. If you find yourself in Epcot Mm. and it's a crowded day and you're a little tired from walking around Mm. the World Showcase, Mm -hmm. head on over to Mexico, maybe down a tequila, you know, or margarita if if you're feeling it. (laughs) (laughs) And then go into the back of the Mexico Pavilion and get on a little boat for a delightful journey with Donald Duck. It's hilarious. There's never any wait. It's air conditioned. You can see this beautiful skyline that they put in there for that restaurant. It's wonderful. Three Caballeros, back of the Mexico Pavilion, Epcot. Gorgeous. A wonderful break in your day. Gorgeous. Taking a little dinner at Sun on Hell, watch the boats go by. Absolutely. Oh. And, and thank Eric Goldberg for his fine work. For four minutes of animation on wow. that attraction. Four minutes. Which is a lot when you're animating things. Sure. I would imagine. I'm not an animator. Now, I, not to not to push the issue here, but no, has, has this man contributed, beyond creating all these wonderful characters, has he contributed to Lorcana in any other way? <laughs> How hasn't he? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of ways he hasn't <laughs> He's great, but, you know, hmm. he didn't make Lorcana. Yeah. <laughs> we wish he did. Um, he uh, signed one of the exclusive Disney 100 cards. He signed uh, Genie Powers Unleashed, that A-cost, uninkable... No, he genie. he drew that, right? That's his drawing on yeah. that card. And he, and he signed it. Okay, so one of the Disney 100 gift set cards was made and illustrated by Eric Goldberg, the also the creator of Maui's Tattoos. Yeah, and the genie. Incredible. From Aladdin. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, there's a million other things he's done, too. You start to crack that nut open, you'll be down that rabbit hole all day. There you go. So everybody, if you have the Disney 100 gift set, maybe uh, take a look at that. Look at Eric Goldberg's work and... Consider, perhaps, his wonderful contributions to the world of Disney. Thank goodness for Eric Goldberg. For our third segment, our desserts course, some may say, Mm. uh, we're going to talk about some dream cards. And I happen to know today is Valentine's Day. That you made some dream cards. I did. I wanted to send you a Valentine's Day card. Mm -hmm. And I did so by creating a Wally and Eve card. Incredible. That uh, there's a really cool online card editor, card maker. If you search Lorcana card creator, it should be the first hit that comes up. I'll link it in the video here and put it in the show notes. Um, but yeah, uh, I designed a Wally for you. It was a three cost inkable two four quest for one. He has a, he's he's a dream born. He's mm-hmm. Wall, this is Wally Broadway star. Broadway star. It's as if Wally could perhaps be a part of the performances of a resurrection of Hello Dolly on Broadway in a in a renewed earth. I don't know. He'd anyway, be great. He would be really good. He'd be a really good Cornelius. That's what that's his that's his real destiny, I think. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, so he has a couple of abilities, the compact ability, which is a little bit overpowered, but he uh, draws some cards. It would be he draws three cards, and then you have to discard two cards from your hand. And then there's the Eva ability. Eva. He just gets one extra strength, one Eve's in play. One in play. So he gets a little, a little morale boost from having his boo around. Yeah, it's you know? so nice. Yeah, And then to synergize with that, to pair with ah. him on this most romantic of holidays. And so Eve is a five cost, inkable, five five, quests for one. And this is Eve Botany Bulwark. She is dreamborn. Yeah. She's a robot. She's a princess, oh. naturally. And she has the ability... Which says that when a card is discarded from your hand, you may put it underneath Eve. You can store one card at a time under her this way. And you can play that card that is stored under her as if it is in your hand. So it's a way to synergize with Wally. So if he's getting rid of junk, she can save the one good plant, Mm -hmm. keep keep it safe, and then use it to repopulate the earth. <laughs> yeah, it's so cute. A little cute. So we'll uh, maybe we'll throw up some links to those in the show notes yeah. too, so people can see them if they're listening to this. Uh, listening to this, so it's just a little dessert for y'all. A little dream card, something we might continue. Little ideas for for things that we like to um, perhaps taste in the future. Delicious dessert, well made. Does it have any nutritional value? Maybe not, but is that the point of dessert? No, life's short. Eat dessert. I think Julia Child said that. All right, so that brings us towards the close of our first episode of S'morecana. Yep, and let me check on that. We're... Yep, we're still number one. Wow, yep. nothing's changed. Nobody else has has usurped our throne over the last twenty some odd minutes. Great. Yep. What's next on the menu for mm. Smorkana? Mm. Finding out what how Smorkana relates to this podcast. What is what is the graham cracker of the podcast? What is the malo, if you will? Um, we're going to talk about our plans for Inklands. It releases a week and a half from now. We're hoping to get. A box and a trove. We're attending a sealed event on the Saturday, which is very, very exciting. And next week, we'll also be recording our second podcast, in which... In which we're going to snack on some appetizers, some small bites. Little bites of of Inklands. Just taking a taste of Inklands. A little survey, an amuse-bouche of of Inklands cards. Mm. That's going to be absolutely delectable. Mm, I can't wait. I can't wait either. I'm so excited to do to keep doing this with you. This is yeah. this is fun. So far, let's keep making a podcast. Eleven out of ten. Eleven out of ten. We hope that you had as much fun as we did. Please be on the lookout for more content from Smorkana. We're getting our Instagram rolling. Yep. Right? We sure are. Follow us on the Instagram. Follow us on YouTube, mm-hmm. on whatever podcast service that you like to use. Yeah. Give us subscribes, likes, and follows, and any feedback. Anything that you want to hear more about, want to hear less of, 
you know? Uh, we're in a kind of inchoate stage of the podcast. They're formless right now, and we're, we can be shaped and molded to your liking, like so many yes. cookie-cutter molds. Like so many Mickey waffle molds. Oh, there we go. We are like Mickey waffle batter waiting for the hot iron of your will yes. to be pressed upon us. Oh, my God, Yes. And on that note, wow. I think it's time to close the first episode of S'more Kana. See you next time.